Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to the Zero for Hire podcast on Substack. And I have to emphasize that because if you're not listening on Substack, that means you're listening through some sort of third-party aggregate. And who needs that? They could cut me off at any time. They could just decide they're, they don't like what I say on the show. And that's why you should download a podcast 2.0 enabled app where we take advantage of the many cool functions and features available like tomorrow we're going to do the mailbag and if you listen on fountain fm you can send a boostergram message and i will be reading those messages live well as live as a podcast can get on the friday show so why don't you consider doing that fountain fm download that app And uh, send a message and let me know what's going on in your world. Otherwise, come on over to Substack, subscribe to the show, uh, leave messages, things like that. Those are the places I'm going to take messages. Um, My Telegram doesn't have too many new people this week, so I'm not expecting messages for the mailbag. But if you listen to the show and you want to get something in for the mailbag, hey, just go to the general chat and preface your question with mailbag, and then I'll know that it's marked for Friday. Anyways, getting on with everything that's going on here on the show, or or he, yeah, well, I guess that works. I did a live stream last night with 520 Collective uh, for the second hour of the show. It ended up being a two-hour-long live stream on whether or not Christian media is too passive, too soft, um, if, if Christian media even holds Christian artists accountable. Uh, that's definitely centered around the Christian hip-hop part of the conversation. We had H-U-R-T come through, Joseph Madigan. It started with uh, Eric Boston and Big Swiss. I think Bars and Beats was there eventually, and then I came in during the second hour. Seems like we had a pretty good conversation. Um, my Wi-Fi was terrible, and I, I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed about that, but we can only do what we can do, you know? So... I think that you would uh, really benefit from that. As a matter of fact, I did bring up some some clips from that show. And I want to see if I can get them to play. Oh my goodness. Okay, I got knocked off the internet for a second. But we're back on. Okay, so. Here's some things that happened. At one point in the show, uh, we talked about... Tyson James and ASAP Preach's song Demon Month. And what was happening was I went through, um, I went on Instagram and Tyson James had posted some reaction video about some gay kid that was explaining like, oh, you just have a crush and you just have these feelings and imagine all, you know, you're having all these confusing emotions and everything and then you hear, you have a demon inside of you. And, 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 Joseph Madigan brought up a similar point about the approach being too direct or too aggressive. And so when I hear these things, because these are this isn't the first time I've heard these kinds of arguments, both from Christians and from people who are actually gay. I think it, it culminates to a message that says, you know, being homosexual, it's not that bad. I don't know why we target this specific sin. I mean, it's it's just it's not that bad. It's really not that big of a deal, right, guys? I mean, there's there's murder, you know? There's there's rapists out there in the world. Like, the, homosexuality, that's not that big of a deal. And that's that's what you're saying when you make those arguments. Oh, some kid, he's just confused. He has emotions, you know? Kids are going to be kids. Boys are going to be boys, you know? Sometimes, you, sometimes you're a little homosimp as a, as a teenager. 
It's not that bad. No, no. It is that bad. It's it's the thing that is, and it's it's that level of passivity that comes into the conversation through people who mean well, but but because ultimately they're saying that our culture's most trendiest, most popular sin isn't a big deal that they say, okay, well, I guess if it's not a big deal, then I might as well give into it, you know, because you're totally giving them permission to. So I want to play you the clip that everybody's upset about. And um, I'll come back. I'll come back and comment on it. Let me see. Let's get this up. Be taught schools while other parents don't yeah. leave our kids alone. You're not gay, it's the demon that's inside of you. You weren't born that way, don't let it try to lie to you. I'ma tell the truth, don't act like I do not care. I'm trying to save you from hell, cause it is hot there. I wanna live the way I want. Okay, without giving away his whole verse, that's that's your typical ASAP preach. That's his style. Um and and ASAP preaches a rapper that has longevity. He's been around for a long time. He has a, a definite fan base. And let me tell you, this is the first time that I've heard people mad about something that ASAP preach said. You know, and in a lot of Christian rap circles, this is the first time that I've heard people acknowledge anything that ASAP preach says. Not because he, he isn't popular. Not because he isn't prolific. Not because he doesn't have a fan base. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is a rapper that charts from time to time. But see, there's a definite culture in Christian hip-hop that needs to die. It needs to die, and it needs to be forgotten and fade away. And it is this friend-of-the-world, soft-on-sin culture that is preventing men from becoming mature warriors in the faith and contenders in the faith. So here's here's my response to uh, Joseph Madigan asking if if it's an effective min- method of ministry. And my answer is basically, long story short, no, it's not. But here's it's not intended to be an effective form of ministry. Well, this is intended as combative. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we kind mm-hmm. of we cannot forget there's a there's combat, there's there's warfare, there's confrontation. And we as Christians are so scared of being confrontational because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Woo! We forget about there's people on there's people on the fence, and they're saying, "Well, everybody is saying that this is good, and everybody's no. going this way." And Ooh. and sometimes, well, I'm not going to say sometimes. I think you need somebody to say, "No, hard no," across the board, and here's why. And then I'll give you a biblical example: Elijah going up against the prophets making fun of their God. Hey, maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe they're, yep. maybe your God's in the bathroom because he's not showing up. <laughs> so that, that that's the big, you know, that's the snippet from that part. It's maybe your God is in the bathroom. Maybe, maybe he's not showing up because he's not freaking real. That's, that's, that's about as confrontational as you can get. So, This this soft approach on the LGBT stuff. I think it's a soft approach because if we're hard on that, then we have to be hard on other things. And a lot of us are caught up in other things. And I think that was the whole core of the conversation of is Christian media too soft on Christian artists? Because we don't hold them accountable. 
I mean, it's at the point to where people are straight up heretics saying, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Denying Christ in, in its purest forms. And we're just like, oh, okay, it's fine. You know, God isn't Lord over your life, but you want to, you want, you still, you, you still want the Christian crowd to support you. And I've said time and time again, if you want to go do a secular song, if you want to go do secular music, if you want to do a cover song or whatever, I'm fine with that. I've done it myself. I'll probably do it again in the future. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. But don't come back to the Christian community hat in hand expecting a pat on the head and a cookie for people being proud of you for covering and behaving secular. Like, that's just the basic standard. You're not representing the church. So you're representing yourself. You're going to make it on your own merit. And that's cool. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't expect the church to get behind it. Don't, don't expect the church to show up to your cover band show at the local bar, is what I'm saying. Don't expect the church to show up at your you know, rock and roll country show at the, at the fair festival and, and get mad when they don't support you in that endeavor because that has no business with the church. You just have to understand the separation there. And so for people that are like, how are we going to reach these people if we're conf confronting their sin? Well, how are you going to reach people if you're backing their sin up? Oh, he's just a confused little boy. So what are you going to further confuse him and make him think it's okay to have a crush on another dude? That's not helpful either. And stagnation is not an option. Because there's an army of progressives that are pushing the LGB agenda. And they're pushing the trans agenda. And I, I personally think we need to separate those two things. They're, set, they're pushing the sexual immorality. I saw a reel that came across today. It said... Don't be afraid to do weird, I'm going to say stuff. Don't be afraid to do weird stuff. And then just add more weird stuff to your life while you can. Yeah, don't, don't, make sure that you don't get too far along in life without being a, a complete degenerate and going against truth. Because it's not that big of a deal. It's not that bad. And that's what people in the church are saying. So no wonder people are, are so emboldened to go on Instagram and TikTok and like I said in a different clip, if they're not mad at you, then what good are you doing? If the world doesn't feel threatened by your music, if the world doesn't feel threatened by what you're doing, then that means you're not moving the needle. You're just not. Stop trying to be friends with the world. We're not friends. We're not friends with wicked, with Satan. With demons. We're not. Stop trying to be friends with the world. Am I saying that you need to go persecute people? No. Am I saying you need to harm people? No. Do you need to berate people on the street? No. I'm saying Jesus ate with sinners and he wasn't congratulating them on their sin in the meantime. Jesus sat and ate with sinners to show them that he wasn't too good to sit and eat with them in order to tell them that they need to repent and come to God. God is willing to come down to the lowest level. God is in the gallows. When you're in the gallows and you're waiting your turn to be hung, God is right there with you, sympathizing. Because ultimately, God is the judge. 
He judges you for your sin. He judges others for the sins that they commit against you and everyone else. And in the end, everybody gets what they deserve. God will see to it. So, God is in the gallows. That means even when you're a victim, God is there. That means when you're the perpetrator, God is there. That means when you're struggling, God is there. But if you're giving people any other option, you're part of the problem. So don't be a part of the problem. We have enough problems. We don't need people who are lying and and giving fuel to the other side. It's not that big of a deal. That's not the worst sin. They don't need help. They need to be condemned. Sin condemns. The Bible has already condemned sin. You need to leave those sins as condemned. So people can say, I really don't like being in this condemned state. What can I do about it? Come to Christ. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. I mean, is the sin really that bad? Yes, it's that bad. If you let them think that it's not, then they'll say, okay, well, I'll just stay in this condemned state of sin. Stop doing that. You're not helping. So, yeah, we got it. We got a lot. We got a lot going on in our culture, and um, I'm reaching out to. I'm talking to Jesse Burks right now in the chat. He's going to check out that song. I hope. I hope you're listening to this, Jesse. I'm sending you a copy of this as I record it because it has to change, bro. We need we need more AKA fishers in the world who are who are not afraid to call out sin. We need um, rectify. We need people like rectify who are not afraid to call out sin. And yes, we need Tyson James. We need Bryson Gray, and we need them to continue to piss off the CHH community because they're so mad. They're saying, "Well, how? Maybe that's not the best way to reach people. Sometimes you just have to be more gentle." And yet, at the same time, these people that are saying these things are never the ones that make a difference, move the needle, chart, threaten the enemy, or anything that is meaningful. So stop with the nonsense. You're dragging back people that are actually making a difference in the culture because you don't like the way they're doing it. You need to reread Luke 9. Pretty sure it's Luke 9. Jesus, we saw some other people preaching the gospel, but they weren't with us and we tried to stop them. And Jesus says, no man can speak well of me unless they're for me. It means stop dragging down people because they're not doing it your way. Because clearly your way ain't working. How many people are you bringing to Christ with this simple, soft method? And it's good that some people are doing that. But then we also have, and I'm pretty sure I brought this up in the, in the live stream, we also have instances of you're the pinky, you're the elbow, you're the knee, you're the hand, you're the feet. We're all different parts of the body of Christ. Stop trying to homogenize everything. Everybody's not the same body of Christ. If sinners are getting mad because you're calling out their favorite sin, Okay, and you're, you're, you're coming up alongside them because you think, what, you're going to win them to Christ by condemning the people who are condemning sin and who are exemplifying and exposing sin for what it is? 
Yeah, that's a real winning strategy you got there. And I'm sorry if this comes off as I'm hammering on Joseph Madigan, but there's a lot of people doing that. So don't think that this is a targeted attack on a friend or on anybody specific. This is a culture problem. This is a culture problem. This is your, your youth pastor. This is your usher. This is your fellow Christian across the street. This is a culture problem. Because when, when you have like a, a, somebody aggressive like Matt Walsh, who's condemning something specific, and, and again, magically, it just happens to be the trans issue. When, when these leftists, when these people that are defending this sin, when these trans activists, when they get cornered, they go, why is it such a big deal to you? That's the same argument. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Why are you making such a big deal about this? It's not a big deal. Okay, why are you pushing it so hard then? When you get them backed up into the corner, then they revert to, why are you making such a big deal? And so you need to understand you're making the same argument. Stop doing that. That's the issue. I'm setting an ultimatum. I'm not going to back off my position. I'm not going to back down for a friend or an enemy. I'm not changing on this. It is a big deal, and it needs to stop. And it's not just this one sexuality thing. It's sin. And when Christians speak out against sin, we don't need other Christians saying, why are you doing that? Why are you speaking against sin? It's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Sin is a big deal to God. People go to hell. So what, I'm not supposed to tell people that they're going to go to hell now? We have a real messed up version of of what love is in our culture. Because if somebody's walking out in the busy traffic and you say, hey, don't do that. You're walking in the busy traffic. That's not loving. Right? It's just traffic. Why are you making such a big deal? Like it sounds absurd, but like I made the analogy in the in the thing, the covert Christianity thing doesn't work. Just just be Christians, man. Just be Christians and let God do what he does. He works through us when we do that. So the 520 Collective is Christian Media, two passive podcasts, two hours of uh, dynamite content, and I think you should be, you should be in it. You should check it out. It's part of our of the 520 Collective Substack, and I retweeted it on my notes page. Um, I want to play another clip here. This is a something of a personal problem, but I'm a very transparent individual. So this is this is. My wife's been like, why don't you just go back to doing pop music? Why don't you just do the stuff that you used to do? And there's a part of me that feels like, well, I already used the better half of my life up. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm aging into going to be an old man. Ain't nobody trying to see no 40-year-old pop singer. That stuff will, you can burn up the best part of your life living in sin for the wrong reasons instead of just doing things God's way, God's way. Wow. You know, if I had just said, hey, I got my group. You know, my congregation, my people, they accept me. I'm doing things God's way. Who knows what could have happened? You know, and so how many other musicians are out there and they're trying to be on the big channels and the big stations and they're trying to be the covert Christian and please, people please, and they don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But like, you're not, you're not being what God and who God created you to be. And then Satan ends up winning by just robbing you of 10 years of your life. Hmm. So I want to put that cautionary tale out there for people who just even recently 
Now, I put that out there. I said I was beating up on myself as an example. But as the legend of Zero, I compare myself uh, in some respects to NF, just dealing with depression and anxiety and leaning into that way too hard. And that's, that's what people wanted. They wanted you to talk about how depressed and how sad you are and talk about your anxiety. They want you to sing about that stuff. They want you to talk about human trafficking. They want you to talk about your, your rape experience. Just be miserable. You know, just typical, lip, you know, miserable stuff. That's what they want to hear. And that's not what God wants to hear. God gave me songs that were full of joy and glory. And people like those songs. But then to, to, in order to open the stage, I needed to be with the rappers. And a lot of that was being aggressive, being sad, you know, um, rapping about mental health and personal problems and things. And I've got plenty of that on my own that I had to rap about. And, and so it caused me to, to stay in this stagnation for way too long. Now, that's just my my issue, my story. But it ties into what I was saying before. If sin's not a big deal, then there's no reason to come out of it. And when I spoke up, and I've spoken up before to people about this, just living in, in anxiety and depression and just being sad and depressed all the time, that is sin. You may not see it as a malicious sin. You may not see it as an intentional sin, but it doesn't reflect the glory of God. And it's missing the mark. And anything that misses the mark is sin. And then being bitter because people won't accept you the way you are is sin. And what did I do for years and years? I was sad and depressed and lonely and bitter that people weren't accepting me as the rapper that I wanted to be. Living in sin. That's what sin does. Sin destroys. And you wake up and you say, dang, he got me. Satan robbed me of the best years of my life. Because I was chasing the wrong things instead of doing it God's way. So I'm trying to stop you, listener, from doing the same thing. Don't go chasing the wrong stuff and end up missing out on the best years of your life. Because it's not a big deal. Because you don't want to offend people. You can't make everybody happy, dog. Like that's, You're not even supposed to be trying to make everybody happy. Jesus says, woe unto you when everybody speaks well of you. That should mean something, man. You can't make everybody happy. You get you some brothers to come up alongside and work alongside with you. And when iron sharpens iron, that means it hurts sometimes. That means we're going to have disagreements and arguments. But if the Bible is the standard, then the, let the Bible be the standard. And we're going we're gonna to grind up against each other. And we're going to challenge each other's views. And we're going to take those views and opinions and smash them against the wall as hard as possible. And the one that's left standing obviously will be the truth. And only friends can endure that. Now, people that are soft and insecure and got something to prove and don't want nobody to challenge their sin and they're just comfortable, you know, they ain't going to survive that. They're not. And that's not what this podcast is. This podcast is not that. I don't want you to make mistakes that I made, you know. You can take that as a bit of fatherly advice. So, <clears throat> I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I was going to talk more about the air quality, the air pollution stuff. I've got, oh my gosh, a ton of 
pictures and messages about the air quality up north. Um, and without without going too deep into that, I will tell you this. We'll go. I'll, I'll show you what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play a clip that came into my feed. Um, I have a friend who fundraises or fundraises. I have a friend who's a part of the Republican Party in her state, and she makes these posts from time to time. And uh, we have a post. What? Yeah, yeah. I like when I make a post. Yeah. Okay, so this lady, I do not remember her name, but I've seen her on other shows before. And um, this is the Real America's Voice Instagram. I don't know, man. I don't follow Patriot. The Steve Gruber Show. I don't follow Patriotic um, Instagrams because all they do is throw red meat. But sometimes you can get some good stuff out of there. So, I mean... This is one of those things. I have said to you guys that I believe Michigan is going to be the first socialist state. I don't know if I've ever explained that clearly. The reason I believe that is because Gretchen Whitmer was the most fascistic governor during the COVID lockdowns. And while everybody was focusing their attention on Greg Abbott and Gavin Newsom and... Andrew Cuomo, is it Andrew Cuomo? Andrew Cuomo. What they should have been looking at was Michigan. She had people up in Detroit just dying. She had people in nursing homes dying. She had the strictest rules. She was the one telling us that, yeah, we could go shop at big box stores, but we couldn't buy certain things while we were there. You know what I'm saying? You can't buy paint and seeds. She locked down the whole state. Okay, you locked down. You can't and mom and pop sh shops and restaurants. You got to shut down. You can't be open. Everybody else, y'all can go to Walmart, but you can't buy seeds. You can't buy paint. You can't buy baby products unless it's formula. Bro, that's socialist. That's what socialist regimes do. Regimes do. They say. You got enough options for deodorant. You get this one option. You get these two options. You can't have all this extra stuff. You don't need the excess. They're going to tell you what you need. You only need 2,000 uh, calories a day to live. So this is how much food you're going to get. You know, when we make them jokes about like living in the pod and eating the bugs, it's based on these mindset and these standards of like, you only need this much to live. You don't need these things that you want. The human body can survive on XYZ. It's science. Like, that's that socialist crap that I'm talking about. That's Gretchen Whitmer. Now, you got Canada up there losing their mind. And they have these Chinese police stations up in Canada. For whatever reason. But I've been hearing that they're in Michigan, too. And I got to thinking. If the Chinese are going to invade the United States... Why wouldn't they come to Michigan? Because they're doing everything that, like, they have the same mindset. Michigan would be easy to take over. But then the oppressive nature of Michigan really got me thinking, like, I need to get out of here. And then I heard this report today, and this is not the first time I've had something confirmed, but this is just looking at the burns, the smoke and stuff that's coming out of Michigan. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in Michigan, and this is just another... Need another heap of sand on the on the pile.
Pingyi, so the new federal state of China is also known as the Chinese whistleblower movement. So what uh, we did and have been doing is to expose the CCP's collusion with the global elites and the American sellout. Yeah, and we're going to start in my home state of Michigan. We've had a lot of conversations about battery factories yeah. and uh, chip factories and all sorts. Now, he's talking about, they're talking about building battery factories for electric vehicles in Michigan. Why do we need that? Michigan is known as the motor state. Detroit hustle, you know what I'm saying? Detroit, Michigan, that's like the motor city. It's called motor city, bro. Like we are the automotive manufacturing. That was our claim on the country. But because these leftists want to do away with the internal combustion engine, they want to pretend, oh, no, electric vehicles is the way to go. And we're going to manufacture them right here in Michigan. Like, nobody's asking for that. But they're going to push it anyway. So when Biden was talking about how they were going to, you know, strike these deals to make battery uh, battery factories in Michigan, this is what they're talking about. So I'm going to continue. High-tech places as big as 5 million square feet covering 1,500, 2,000 acres of farmland, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But you say there's a very cozy relationship between the CCP and the governor and others here in Michigan. Tell me about that. Another thing yeah, that Michigan is known for is all the farmland. Corn, fields of corn everywhere. Soybeans. Um, I think like greens. Like collard greens, you know. Um, a lot of farmland. It's just as, as far as the eye can see some places. That's Michigan. And, and there's been a lot of like they're buying up farmland and putting solar panels in there instead and so depending on what town you go to you'll see all throughout the city no solar farms no solar farms these little these little signs in people's front yard no solar farms but the people running the city don't give a crap what the people say they want solar farms because i guess they get some sort of kickback or something so all of these fields that can be used for food and for growing food they don't want to do that they want to use it for solar panels like, dog, if you want solar panels so bad, can you please, like, pick somewhere where you can't grow food? That seems like that would be more productive. It would make, uh, certainly would make a lot more sense. You don't have, like, a desert or something that you can do that in, which I still don't agree that it's a good idea. But if you're going to, if you absolutely have to do that, do you need to use fertile farmland for that? That's, and, and according, and in Michigan, they're, they're all about it, man. The CCP has been uh, spending a lot of time and resources developing a cozy relationship with the Michigan State uh, Representative. I still and, don't know what she uh, means so by that. I saw in the CCP's propaganda website, the CCP's uh, Council General uh, in Chicago, Zhao Jian, uh, actually developed a very cozy relationship with your governor, Gretchen Whitmore, and the mayors of Detroit, and the uh, mayor of uh, Lansing, and also the uh, head of the uh, Michigan uh, Department of Agriculture. So they're not just... So she keeps saying a very cozy relationship. She doesn't really, like, explain what that means. And maybe you have to watch the whole episode of... What's, that, what's his name? Dave Gruber's show. Her, nom her name is Nicole Tsai. T-S-A-I. And I believe that she lived through the, um, the red state. The Chinese, you know, red, the red, red revolution... 
I believe she escaped that and came to America. If this is the person that I'm thinking of. So she does a lot of activism work. She, I think she's been trying to run for Congress too. She's an American citizen now and a defector from China, so she can never go back. But um, this is a person you want to keep an eye on if you, if you want to understand a lot about what's coming out of CCP. But my issue is the state of Michigan and how closely tied they're getting into this stuff. And that's what she's talking about here trying to build a battery plant in Grand Rapids, they're also eyeing on the great um, uh, state of Michigan's agricultural business. Uh, for example, they developed a relationship with the Michigan uh, corn growers business and um, dairy farmers association and soybean association. So I think this sends a very alarming call to the people in um, uh, Michigan that the CCP is going so corn, after your abundant natural resources. Corn, yeah. beans, corn, dairy, yes, any agricultural product of value to China, they're trying to get as much control of as possible is what you're telling me. Exactly. So if the state of uh, Michigan... Yeah, I don't really know if that's what she said there. I was listening. He kind of put that word in her mouth. But that's yeah, that is the point. Soybeans, corn, um, uh, dairy farms, those sort of agriculture. That's what Michigan's known for. And that's, according to her, the CCP has a very, quote-unquote, cozy relationship. Now, still, she doesn't define it. I don't know what, that, what she means by that. So I do want to be fair. But to have that on our alarm system is important because, bro, you got to eat. You know what I'm saying? Michigan, they got to eat. They already can't breathe because of what's going on up there. Like, this is why we said we had to leave Michigan. And this is why we're out of Michigan now. And it's weird. Like, the town that I live in is in the mountains, and it's known for music. And there's a lot of musicians here. There's a lot of well-to-do old white people that come play, you know, guitars and banjos and stuff. And that... I'm a musician. Like, that's cool. It's cool that they do that. But that doesn't really, like, add value to the economy. You know, that doesn't really add value to people's needs. It's something to do if you can afford to do it. And, and I mean, a lot of these concerts are free up in the park and stuff like that. Just, like, when you're struggling, when you got bills to pay, when you're looking for work, you can't really go play a banjo and make some money. You know, like... So I still don't understand how the economic structure of this town works. And um, that's a totally different issue. But let me finish out this clip and then we're going to wrap it up. It's going to surrender the entire food supply chain to the hands of the CCP. That's exactly what we're going to... Uh, 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 going to see in the coming years. So battery plan is just the very beginning. Hey, Nicole, good to have you. So it looks like that's how the camel gets his nose under the tent with the battery plant. And then I guess, according to this lady, Nicole Sai, the next step is to get control of the agriculture. This just feeds into my idea. Man, dude, Michigan is so depressed. And the... And the division between the haves and the half-nots is so wide it's primed to become a socialist state it's just liberals everywhere and, and and they got so many big cities because the liberals are in the big cities a lot of the libertarians live up north you know and the only people who are really like conservative are just like old white people who move there to retire there's some like conservative black people and latinos but not a whole lot and so it's just like all of these cities like Saginaw, Midland, Detroit, Flint, Bay City, um, 
Grand Rapids, the whole Detroit metropolitan area, aside from the, you know, from all the Muslims, it's just all liberals, man. And they just keep voting for the same retarded stuff all the time. And like, that's like, I just, I gotta, I gotta leave, man. They were, they be doing email blasts like, oh, people need to be able to get food stamps. It's a human right. And it's like, dog, I just want to be able to work and provide for my family. I don't, I'm not asking you for food stamps. I brought, like, I want the government out of my life. Why is that hard to understand? They, they don't understand it. It's like, if you don't want to give people food stamps and snap cards and benefits of some kind, then you must be crazy. You can't live in that environment. Everybody's so entitled and they don't understand why they're losing. Anyways, this has been the Zero for Hire podcast. Uh, two big issues for you to look at. Um, I want you guys to think about going out there and just being who God created you to be. You know, look at look at the scriptures, look at the examples of the early churches and all of these soft people that are stopping you from actually doing the work that God put on your heart. You need to lead them people behind and let them just fade away. If they're not if they're not being supportive of you supportive of you spreading the gospel and doing the work of God according to scripture. We have a 2000 year old tradition and that is going to supersede any good ideas that ever people have about being nice and everything. So, uh again, this is a value for value cop uh podcast. You can uh visit the links below if you got some sort of value out of this podcast as you send it back to the show. If you want to do so in a form of monetization, um, you can do a one-time donation through your Stripe account, or we will turn on the um, we'll turn on the subscriptions very soon. Again, I'm still waiting on the actual subscribership to grow a little bit. So that's another way that you can contribute is by sharing the show with your best friend, sharing it with your brother or your sister, share it with somebody who you think is going to make them mad. But help me spread the show, get get some ideas out there, and uh, of course, if if it's a value, if it's if it's subpar, and you're like, ah, eh, I could do without it, you know, send me a message, and that will definitely help me learn how to turn course, I guess, because <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do without the feedback. So you can also leave feedback for the show. That's a value for value proposition. I will talk to you guys again soon. It's getting a little bit later today, and I got to get ready to go do my day job and uh, get dressed and stuff, so, okay, bye.